Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. We are back in a new week. What well, What is today? Tuesday, November 14th. Yes, just over a day. Because yesterday, I've been focusing on uploading my YouTube. Of uploading my, uh, my first video. Not first video, but my video for YouTube. And I called it MCU's Turning Point. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that I truly believe the Marvels, which we will get into later on in the episode for today, is the new turning point of the MCU. And the whole point that I say that is for the simple reason, when the movie did and has been doing extremely poorly at the global box office, I believe it's now over 130, 140 million, probably a little bit over. Let's just say, let's just say it's doing worse than The Flash right now. And yes, it's only been one weekend, I get it, and chances are it may slowly increase as time goes on, but... This has been a colossal failure, which is funny because I remember watching the movie and the fact is there are a couple of enjoyable moments, but the entirety was just a bust. It was just bad. It was just, again, I'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself here, but the point is I launched my first video and hopefully you guys can check it out. I'm going to post the link into the description and... I think the best way for me to get the ball rolling because there's so much news that always pops up every single day and to quickly get my reactions, I think the best thing to do is try to release at least one video every other day. I don't know if that's going to be sustainable for me. I don't know with my schedule and the fact that I'm still working and still doing voiceover and everything else if that's even right. Well, well, let's be honest here. The reason why I've been so... I say a little bit hesitant to release them is because of the situation that I'm in right now. Every time when I try to record a video or record a voiceover, there's always neighbors going on. My stomach is doing the rumblies. There's always people going on around. They're moving around and it bleeds into the microphone and it just drives me crazy, which is why, as I said last week... It's one of the main reasons why I'm moving, and it's one of the main reasons why I want to be in a much more quiet environment, so I could be free to do whatever I want, to say whatever I want, and anything else. So, nevertheless, I'm going to post the first video, there's probably going to be, maybe I'll release one every other week, I'll do a little bit better in terms of an introduction, and make the video shorter, and, you know, let me cook, let me cook, let me cook, (laughs) but anyway... Let's get right into it, shall we? So the three-act structure is going to be for Act 1, we are going to discuss Gen V and what I think about the show, how excited I'm going to be for, you know, The Boys Season 2, and I'm not, excuse me, Gen V Season 2 and The Boys Season 4, Season 4, Season 5, the next season, the next season that's going to be coming out. And in the second one, we're going to be discussing Loki Season 2. My thoughts on that and 
how much of a character arc really has paid off, especially for the new god Loki. And the third one, nevertheless, we will go into the Marvels. And man, oh man, damn, they have officially hit rock bottom. Before I start this off, I do want to address a couple of rumors, or maybe just one that's going on. As of this moment, since yesterday, the scriptwriter, his name is Jeff Loveness. He was a scriptwriter for Ant-Man and the Quantumania, and apparently he has left the project for the Kang Dynasty, which is Avengers 5. He has left that, and... Now, it seems very likely that they're going to go into a new direction and is most likely going away from Kang the Conqueror. Now, will they still work on Avengers 5 Kang Dynasty? I honestly don't know since this is just a rumor, but I actually want to bring this up in my opinion. I think a lot of this has to do with the backlash that MCU and Disney has been having as of late. Let's be honest here. We all saw Ant-Man. We all saw Ant-Man 3, right? And Kang, even though in my opinion was the somewhat highlight of the movie, he was handled very, very poorly. Kang the Conqueror was beaten by ants. He was beaten by Ant-Man and his family, Hope and Cassie. So if you truly think about it, what is the stake here? What are the stakes? Is it the ending of the movie where we have all these variants of Kangs that are now going to come together and face off against the new Avengers? Kang is no longer a a character anymore. He's, in a way, a dynamic force that the heroes needs to go up against. And I know we're going to talk about it in Loki, the, the Loki portion, but in my opinion, they handled Kang so poorly where we really don't see him much more as a threat anymore. Yeah, you have the other variants, but if Kang the Conqueror has been defeated and he who remains in the Loki TV show has been defeated and the variant, another variant of Kang, Victor Timely, in Loki is essentially a nice guy, why should we fear so much about what these other variants of Kang is going to bring in? Because if the big bad ones have been defeated in some way, what threat do these other guys have? And I get it. Maybe there is a strength in numbers thing going on here, but I don't take this seriously. And if I don't take this seriously, and it seems the MCU doesn't take this seriously, why should the audience care? And then on top of all of that, we still have the problem with Jonathan Majors and his trial coming up towards the ending of this month. And if he's found guilty, then we can't do Kang anymore. Now, you could make an argument that they could just simply recast him, which chances are they may end up doing. I don't know recasting him as who. I don't know in terms of who would take up that mantle. But the point that I'm trying to make is we don't take Kang seriously because of the execution of what went on with Ant-Man 3 and now with what went on with the Loki TV show. So if, if these rumors are true. And the MCU is doing away with Kang. And they bring in someone like Doctor Doom. Or Galactus. Or whoever the big bad 
you know, whoever the big bad villain is, whoever's worse than Thanos. I, in my opinion, if this, if there is a way to pivot, I think now is the time to pivot. The whole thing has been a mess. It really has been. And who knows what's going to go on next? Like, who the hell knows? Who knows? I, I, I honestly have no idea. I really, really, I, I, I'm stumbled. I'm stumped. I just, I don't know. I don't know. But aside from that, uh, there's been other talks going on that I believe the Young Avengers, which, again, we're going to get into later on, but the Young Avengers has been, in a way, confirmed. And so far, we have three characters for confirmation. We have Kate Bishop, Miss Marvel, and Cassie Lang. And I feel, <laughs> me and my girlfriend was just talking about this the other day, I feel like I can handle two out of the three. I can't stand Cassie Lang. Again, the execution of what went on with Ant-Man 3. I can't stand Cassie Lang. The activist, the the don't be a dick type thing, and her leading a revolution. And I, I can't stand her character. And if she's going to be part of the Young Avengers, which most likely will be the case, I really hope whoever the director is and whoever the next writer is, the new writer, is going to do her justice because she became insufferable in the movie. I can't stand her. And who knows? Maybe they have... Uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to say girl power. You know, I, I don't want to focus so much on the MCU. I really, really don't because I... There's a small part of me that really doesn't care because of what, what's been going on with Marvel Phase 4. I guess what I want to say is I hope they do a 180 for her character. That's all I got. That's that's pretty much how I want to get into. So that's pretty much it for the news and everything else going on. Let's dive into the first thing to talk about, which is Gen V. That comes up right in a bit. I've always been a fan of the boys. I feel like the writing and the directing of that entire show is by far one of the best that I've ever seen because it took the theme of superheroes to a whole nother level. As we know, what would happen if superheroes basically existed in the real world? And the world of the boys is a classic representation of what is going on currently today. The real world of today. Whether you look at politics and you look at Donald Trump and you look at socialism and you look at identity and you look at the problems that people face and but pretty much anything that you want to think about is represented in that show. And Gen V is no exception. But in Gen V's case, it focuses on the young adults, the adolescents, the pre well, not preteens, but you get my point here. And what's very funny about the show is it sets on one setting, which is this college school. I believe it's a high school. Yes. College? High school? Oh my god, I can't quite remember. Because <laughs> I watched the show last week, but 
in any case, it's held in a school, and the whole point is for the entire structure of the show are these characters that are trying to uncover some kind of conspiracy and some kind of secret that the school is going on, which is that the school is experimenting on soups, and they're trying to see what makes them tick. And of course, there are some other shenanigans going on, people dying left and right, and you don't really see the big bad characters like Homelander and any of the others, especially on towards the end. But the whole premise of the show is focusing on these four characters. And what's fascinating about this show is, as I said, it focuses on the real world, but in a way, it highlights a lot of the problems that young people can have. Whether it's some kind of disorder, bulimia, pretty much childhood trauma, what goes on when, you know, someone is forced to do something that they don't want to do, what happens if a young girl becomes corrupted to follow an organization, what happens if someone has been taking the world by storm or what happens if someone kills accidentally kills their family what does that do to them and their family what happens if a non-binary character you know considering the fact that we have so many non-binary people here one who doesn't identify as male or female what happens to that in this type of show again this show represents what the real world truly is and uh, I know I'm being very vague here because I don't want to spoil anything because I highly recommend the show and I really want you to go and see it. But of course, it's raunchy, it's graphic, it's gory. and Actually, it's not as gory as the regular show of The Boys. There is some gore, but it's not as gory as the show The Boys in general because this is a spinoff, but nevertheless, I still enjoyed it. I love the character Emma. The, the one that shrinks and the one that grows and expands. She's cute. She's bubbly. She's the type of girl that I would love to date, honestly. I, I know I have a girlfriend. <laughs> but I'm saying if I was single, she would be the type of girl that I would date. Because, you know, she's like... If you've seen Wednesday, she's essentially that roommate character. That, that character trope that's like the fun roommate that is so bubbly and excited and filled with love and joy... And yet she has a lot of dark trauma in her past. And the fact that she was pushed by her mother to to become something that she is not. And again, I found it fascinating. The funny thing is, though, the main character, I will say, is kind of insufferable. And I don't know, re- I don't know the reason why. Again, I completely forgot her name. Hold on. Let, let me see if I can bring up these characters' names because I don't want this. <laughs> I don't want to be vague here, but... Look at that. I'm, I'm looking something during the podcast. Ain't that something? Here we go. Marie Moreau, played by Jazz Sinclair. And of course, Emma, the character that I talk about, is played by the great Lizzie Broadway. And Marie's character, I don't know. There's something about her that I just found her very, very insufferable. And I don't know what it is. I think in the thing with me, when it comes to young actors... I have a hard time rooting for them because they make a lot of decisions that are really, really dumb and stupid. And I shouldn't go and knock against that because we were young once, and I'm sure you still are, 
And we do a lot of decisions that are young and stupid. And of course, like I said, this is a show that is geared towards young characters. And uh, there were a lot of situations where I'm thinking to myself, that's dumb, that's stupid, why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? There was a point where literally the first episode, the successor to Homelander literally committed suicide. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, this has gone on. They call him Golden Boy. That was his nickname, Golden Boy. And I thought, all right, well, we have something going on here. And then there was another character named Kate, who's played by Maddie Phillips. And it was towards the ending of the season. It it seems to me like they really had no idea where to go with her character. She would flip-flop where she would work for the enemy. And then she would be friends with, you know, the cast again. But then she would turn on them. But then she would return on them again. She went on like two or three heel turns in a matter of two or three episodes. And I get it. I, I think, in my opinion, now that I'm thinking about it, it's a way of showing that a young woman that had no guidance in her life can easily be influenced and confused. And in an age where young people are so easily influenced by their nurture and the, not nurture, excuse me, nature of what goes on around them. Because as we know, it's the environment that that makes us who we are. It's the environment that shapes us of who we can be or who we're trying to be. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, this character is flip-flopping a little bit too much and I can't stand it. Again, there are only a few characters that I enjoyed here. I, I like the show, but a couple of the characters where I'm like, well, no. I love Emma. I love Detective Knight. Detective Knight. Well, what? Oh, my goodness. I, I got to give a shout-out to Detective Knight. I just... <laughs> There's a character named Detective Knight, and he's essentially the analytical character. He's the one that basically pinpoints to if you're lying or telling the truth type thing. And I thought, oh my god, I want more of this character. Like, I, he's going to uncover the conspiracy of what's going on in the school. Okay, he's figured it out. What's going to happen with him? Well, what are they going to do with the, what are they going to do with him next? And then towards the ending, blackmail happens because, of course, there has to be blackmail in a show like this because the corrupt politicians and the people that make the decisions and the higher ups has to find something on you and uses against you. And I'm like, oh my god, I. Again, I feel like they dropped the ball on that one, but I just love that character. I wanted more of him. Plus, the whole thing with, um, again, I don't want to spoil too much, but what he does on his off time, I'm like, all right, well, that's weird, but I'll buy it. <laughs> it's a raunchy show. You know, it's 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 a raunchy show, and you can enjoy it. You can love it. It's It is what it is. I know I'm being very vague here, but overall, go watch the show. You have to watch the show in order to find out what happens in The Boys Season 4. And I believe The Boys Season 4 is coming back in the beginning towards the middle of next year. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see Homelander. I can't wait to see Butcher, Billy Butcher. 
I can't wait to see what's going to happen with Huey and the rest of the people. New characters being brought in. What's going to happen next? I I just can't wait. I I love the show so much. I highly recommend watching Gen V. Yeah, there are a couple of characters that are a little insufferable, but if you bypass all of that and binge watch eight episodes, you'll have a good time. You'll have a good time. That's it for Gen V. Let's go straight into Loki Season 2. And I don't want to go too much into this because I have to say, I was one of the fewest people that did not think Loki Season 1 was all that great. It was good. It wasn't all that great. The whole concept of free will versus fate really bothers me. Because it signifies that there is one being that paves the way for what we do in our lives. It bothers me tremendously because it signifies that everything that has happened back then was meant to happen. And that people are not set to make their choices. Not set to make their choices. Sorry, that's the wrong word. That we're not responsible for our own actions. That everything is predetermined. It is what it is. And we're we're destined to follow a certain path. I don't like that. I don't like that concept. I don't like the fact that free will does not exist. And in a way, that's the thing that kind of rejects season one for me. Season two, on the other hand, takes a very different approach where Loki and his crew is trying to save the TVA and has tried to stop the timeline from essentially being destroyed. And throughout the entirety of the season... It's pretty much we thought or I thought that the new variant of Kang, Victor Timely, was going to come in and he was going to wreak shit and he was going to wreak havoc. But it turns out they actually need him in order to save the TVA because he who remains, the person that obviously Sylvie female Loki killed, they need a variant of Kang in order to save the TVA from falling apart. Completely 180 from what we thought, completely a misdirection of what we believed. I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is the fact that it seemed nothing really happened until the season finale. The season finale did wonders. It did awesome. And we're going to talk about that in a bit. But it seemed to me like the whole season was just... How can I say this? It's almost like they knew what they were going on with. it. Like the writers and the directors. Like they knew what they wanted to do. But it just seemed to me like there was a whole lot of nothing going on. You got OB and everything. And Obi, Oberus. You know the whole concept of what goes around comes around. And a snake biting his own tail. So on the nose on that by the way. By the way. Cast. Fantastic cast. You know, I, I love the cast. I love Owen Wilson. I love Tom Hiddleston. I love everybody. But in my opinion, there wasn't really much going on until there were a couple of moments where I'm like, oh shit, things are going to go bad. Or they shy away from it. For example, there was a character, I forgot her name, but she played one of the characters for Game of Thrones. She essentially wiped out thousands and millions on timelines to stop the branches from spreading and to go back into a singular timeline. 
And there was a moment where I actually felt something because there were innocent people that were essentially dying because of this one character. And there were so many people online that were like, oh my god, this character is worse than Thanos. Mm, mm, eh. I don't know about worse, but they're in a way subpar or they're even par. There was a moment where Renslayer and Miss Minutes, they had a scene where they actually cut away from literally killing this character and the rest of the people that were responsible for these deaths. And the moment that you see Miss Minute's face where she's actually enjoying the carnage and she's enjoying killing people and she's enjoying slaughtering people. And you're like, oh my god, Miss Minutes, god damn, what the hell? What the hell? I think, in my opinion, I don't like the fact that they shied away from that, but I do understand why they did it. I think the imagination of people getting crushed and literally are in a pool of blood it's it's a little bit too much for any person to see and I get it this is coming from a person that loves the boys and Gen V but for an audience that are on Disney plus especially for kids watching this I can understand the limitations of what they can bring but I digress we go away from that and we go into the season finale and I love the season finale because it brings full circle of Loki's arc Excuse me, God Loki. It brings full circle to his arc. Loki from the very beginning has always been an outcast. He's always been an outcast from his family, from, you know, from Thor being, from Odinson, his father. He's always been an outcast. He's always been a person of Jotunheim. He's always been that blue creature. And throughout the movie of Thor and going into Avengers Infinity War, he believed himself to be a character of glorious purpose. And the thing with him is he was essentially a lost character where he didn't really know where he could fit in. What was he meant to do? What was he meant to be? He knew he was meant to be something greater of what he was and he just couldn't figure it out. So it's because of the rage and the jealousy and the fact that he believed to be a a, a conqueror, someone that could take over and rule. All he wanted was to rule. We saw that in, 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 excuse me if I said Infinity War, the first Avengers movie. In Infinity War, he died. Sorry if I mispronounced that. We saw that in the first movie and in Thor Ragnarok, There was a little bit of a character regression because he was essentially now the butt of the joke. He was someone that Thor could bounce off of in terms of comedic timings, that type of thing. And to a lot of Loki, diehard Loki fans, especially Tom Hiddleston fans, the guy that's that goes on where he's interrogating Black Widow and he's seeing her face to face, eye to eye and say, I am going to turn your friend against you. I'm paraphrasing here, you know, you mewling quim. And I'm going to turn your character against you. I'm going to make you rip your skull in half. And then I'm going to do away with him. You know, that type of thing. He was a menacing character. He was a force. He was not someone that you could fuck with. We got into Loki. Season 1. The two completely different characters from night and day. 
And I'm thinking to myself, and this goes back to the season two, where it, it felt like they were limiting him from his full potential. He's a god. He's a god of mischief. He's a god of trickery. And you would think when the first season where he's getting punched repeatedly, and he's another, the butt of the joke, I then thought to myself, how could they redeem this character? Well, the season finale happened, where he realizes he's meant to be greater, but not in the way we thought. He's meant to be someone that could change life forever. He then replaces Kang, I'm sorry, He Who Remains, because Kang the Conqueror is a completely different character. He replaces He Who Remains as a new god. A new god that watches over everything. He's not the Watcher, but he is someone that is now in charge in preserving the timelines and gives people a chance to live. And by doing that, he sacrifices what he truly likes, what he truly, what is important to him. He doesn't want to be alone. He doesn't want his friends to die. He doesn't want the people that he cares about to essentially be extinct and disappear forever. So in sacrificing that with the line from the first Thor movie, for you, for all of us, he's meant to be better. So in the season finale, when he's walking across that ramp and he's essentially not even going into oblivion, but he's grabbing each timeline one by one and it's turning green and then it's whole reforms into a new tree of life. And he is now the he's he's the new he who remains, but he's good. He's the new God Loki, a God of mischief, a God of stories, a new God that watches over everything. He has his throne, but it's a way where it's earned and it's given. And he's a... Talk about a complete 180 arc. Oh my God. (laughs) Again, if you can stomach through the little inconsistencies with Loki season two, the season finale is worth it. I felt something. I actually choked up. I really did. And if I enjoyed it, I know you can enjoy it too. So go and watch the season finale of Loki. I promise you it'll be worth it. I thought the whole time slipping thing was like, all right, how long are they going to keep doing this? And how further back are they going to go? Is he going to go? But it's warranted. It's earned. And I know Tom Hiddleston came on a couple of days ago where he's like, his journey, Loki's journey has concluded. But don't think that his that, that he's done with the character. Oh, no, 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 no. We are not done with Loki. At least in my opinion, we're not. But 14 years of Tom Hiddleston bringing us this character. Tom Hiddleston, thank you so much. I don't think he's retired from the role completely. But to give us something like that for, for the season finale, that is storytelling. That is great writing. That is what you're supposed to do for the MCU. That is what you're supposed to do. Oh boy. Well, I've spoken long and long about Loki season two. Let's go on with the Marvels. Oh boy. We'll be right back for this dumpster fire.
The Marvels, a movie that has concluded over the weekend, and my, oh my, was it bad? <laughs> oh my god, I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, you've already heard tons of critics, you've read the reviews, we've read the articles, we've read the rumors, we knew Brie Larson was done with this role, or at least she wanted to be done with this role. The writing, no pun intended, the writing was on the wall for this movie to bomb heavily in the global box office. Even though it has over 85% on the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has about 62% in the, whatchamacallit, in the actual critic score, it doesn't shy away from the fact that this movie was just... No, this movie was just a no, 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 no. <laughs> Let me tell you what the story is about. At least there is one. And no, this has nothing to do with the pathetic and pitiful attempt for Disney and the MCU to give us the last trailer where they're trying to tie into female Ronin. And this has nothing to do with Thanos. And bringing, you know, shots of Captain America and Iron Man. And there will always be someone to complete my work. What, what, what are we in? Saw? What, what, is, what is this? Part of a Saw franchise? What, what, what are we doing? What, 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 what are we doing here? What are we doing here? This woman has nothing to do with Thanos. It is so... <clears throat> breathe, breathe, breathe. Let me tell you what the story is about. And this is based from memory because I saw this movie a couple of days ago and I'm still trying to put the pieces together. Female Ronin is trying to get revenge against Captain Marvel because Captain Marvel is solely responsible for killing off a high intelligence person of the Kree, essentially wiping out a planet of their atmosphere. No more sun, no more air, or air is poisoned and barely breathable, and no more water, no more seed, everything is in drought and whatever the case may be. She finds the bangle, the other bangle that Miss Marvel has not found on Earth and because of her activation in ripping a hole in space-time and ripping holes in time jumps or jump portals, whatever the hell you call them, again, I'm still trying to figure this out and this is based from memory that I'm actually even talking about this right now, because of her deciding to rip holes, Monica and Carol, along with the power of the third bangle of Miss Marvel, enabled these three characters for their powers to be entangled. So every time one of them uses, or two of them, or three of them use their powers, I don't know, it's very inconsistent at this point, they switch places, they switch positions, they switch places. And now they come together where they have to work together and work together in order to stop female Ronin. We're going to call her female Ronin because I'm not calling her Darben or Darven, whatever the hell her name is. Tom Hiddleston's wife. I, I don't know what the hell to call her. I'm calling her female Ronin. So they're trying to try to stop female Ronin from causing more havoc and they have to stop her together, even though Captain Marvel kind of went on the toe with Thanos, but for some odd reason, very inconsistent, for some odd reason, she's having a very hard time with two other characters to take down female Ronin, who is essentially a shell of Thanos, but that's neither here nor there. And uh, 
they're going to be spoilers in this movie. I don't care if you have seen it. If you haven't, there's going to be spoilers. So they're trying to stop female Ronin from wreaking havoc. And female Ronin at, at some point gets the two bangles. And then she explodes trying to save her planet. And then Monica closes a portal that female Ronin tries to create or did create. And now she's stuck on the other side in a different timeline or an alternate universe where they bring in the a blue figure of the X-Men known as the Beast. And it's... Oh my... <laughs> okay. Let me calm down for a second and let me get my wits and my brain together. It is very clear... That Disney and the MCU had no faith in this movie whatsoever. Once there were reports that there would be numerous reshoots and numerous delays upon this movie that has been delayed four to five times and has been cut down to an hour and 45 minutes. Instead of doing a leaving this on the shelf it felt like an obligation in order for this movie to be released and the fact that this movie right now is kind of doing the worst than flash it's kind of doing worse than the flash in the box office that says a lot it's so amazing to me you can blame the men you can blame the sack strike you can blame the writer strike you can blame whatever else you want to blame even though both barbie and oppenheimer has made over a billion dollars at the global box office while these strikes were still going on it is very clear that this was a desperate attempt from Marvel in order to give us something that we did not even want and we were not even looking forward to. The numbers don't lie. They don't lie. And this movie is just a jumbled mess of inconsistencies. There was one moment and i thought they were going to do i thought they were going to go with something with this with these characters there was a moment in the movie where they're trying to save the, they were trying to save the scrolls because one of the planets that female ronin actually targets is a planet that belongs to the scrolls and when this planet is dying miss marvel's trying to save everybody she's trying to save people and Captain Marvel goes, we have to save the ones of what we can. And Miss Marvel looks at her like she's like, what the hell? Like, I'm trying to be a hero. And you would think, oh my god, this is character progression here. Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, has idolized, actually two of these characters, both Monica and Kamala, idolized Captain Marvel so highly, what if they had a storyline or a story of writing where... Oh my god, this character is not who I thought she was. She's actually a monster. She only cares about fucking off and then doing whatever hell that she wants to do. You would think they would do something with that. Nothing. It was a, a quick glimpse. And I can't put on the, well, it's actually in the deleted scene. Who, how, how do I know? It's not in the movie. I gotta take the movie for what it is. You can't rely on, well, it's actually in a deleted scene, so it actually counts. No, it doesn't. It doesn't count at all. And, again, with Monica's thing, and the fact that Monica is so pissed off at Captain Marvel, where she's like, oh, well, you didn't come back, and I've been 
waiting for you and you didn't come back and that's why I'm mad at you. Even though it comes to find out that Brie Larson, Brie Larson, I'm sorry, Carol Danvers did come back for the cat because there's an exposition, uh, exposition scene where Monica's mom was dying of cancer. And that's why Monica actually holds some resentment against Captain Marvel. You would think that maybe they would have something in terms of some kind of character progression where two characters, Monica and Kamala, would actually look up to Captain Marvel and realize this person is not who we, th- who we thought she is. Maybe Captain Marvel, and I'm actually going to talk about this in a YouTube video that I'm going to do. Stay tuned for that. What if Captain Marvel was the villain the entire time? Can you imagine what would happen if they actually brought in that storyline instead? Where the focus is not on female Ronin, it's not on her motivation, but it's on Captain Marvel instead. It's on Carol Danvers. What if she believed herself to be where her way is the only way? What if they had an interesting dynamic where they are working together, but then Carol Danvers does a complete 180, does a heel turn, and is essentially the big villain of this, secretly? Again, there are so many things that you could do, and they just drop the ball. They, Nia DaCosta, you, the director and co-writer, you drop the ball Big time. I don't know if people behind the scenes or people on the higher ups are so tone deaf that they're not understanding what it is right now. And maybe they don't. Maybe they believe themselves to have worked on a piece of art. Maybe they believe themselves to revolutionize female empowerment and yada yada. I Again, I have to reiterate from earlier today, the numbers don't lie. Word of mouth spreads. And if people that your audience that you've been gravitating towards to or the subpar of the subpar audience that you want to market to is not going to come and see your movie, what does that say about your movie? It sucks. (laughs) It's bad. Now, there are a couple of enjoyable moments. The whole cat scene where they're actually... Goose lays like 50 to 100 eggs of little cats and little flurkins and they're absorbing people and they're trying to take the cats onto earth and then they spit them out, they regurgitate and they spit them out. It was a stupid scene, but I actually enjoyed that scene. I love cats. Sue me. I don't care. I actually enjoyed that scene because it was just so fucking stupid. Think about it. If you got all of these people that is were and by the way, Nick Fury, not the same Nick Fury from before. Nick Fury is just a comedic punching bag at this point. He is not Nick Fury. He's Samuel L. Jackson. That that's all he is to me. See, he's Samuel L. Jackson with one eye. That is not Nick Fury. But in any case, if you got all your workers to come onto your spaceship, don't you think you would bring them back out? And use the same spaceship to go back to Earth. Or not go back to Earth, but to go somewhere else. In other words, if you had a means of transportation to get them there, don't you have the same transportation to get them out? Why do they have to be regurgitated? 
by flurkins and cats? Why do they have to be sucked in and sucked a, a human vacuum cleaner? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my goodness. Guys, I don't want to linger on this any longer, okay? This movie was a mess. If you enjoyed it, kudos to you. I'm glad that you did. But your enjoyment and my non-enjoyment is not going to change what is going on right now. This movie failed. The The proof is in the pudding. It It's because of the marketing and because of the writing and the directing. This movie is essentially the end of the MCU. I never really bought that into question. I never really considered that to be a real thing. But it turns out it is a real thing. This movie is essentially the end of the MCU. I don't count Echo. That's going to be coming out in January. I really, really don't. But this movie... If the higher-ups, if Kevin Feige do, does not see the writing on the wall here and does not understand... what, <laughs> If they don't understand what they're doing right now, I honestly don't know what to say. This movie was a dumpster fire. It really was. There are a couple of enjoyable, enjoyable moments. Don't even bother wasting your hard-earned money to see this in theaters. Wait for it to come out on Disney+, Plus and then enjoy yourself with that. It might be the number one on Disney+, Plus, the same way The Little Mermaid was the number one on Disney+. Plus. Okay, awesome. Is it going to bring back the $270 million-plus budget that this movie spent in order to make on, plus another $100 million more on marketing and promotion, or the lack thereof? No. No, it's not. Is it going to generate streaming revenue for Disney Plus? Maybe. But to cover over $200 million in profit? Not a chance. Not a chance. There's only one MCU movie coming out next year, which is Daredevil 3. I'm sorry, excuse me. Deadpool 3. And Echo will be in January. And I believe we're getting two Sony Marvel films, which will be Madam Web in February and Venom 3 in November. Of course, things could always get delayed and things could always get worked on and nothing is set in stone. But in terms of this movie, no. If there's one positive thing that I want to send bef- that I want to say before I end this episode, In my opinion, and I even talked about this on my YouTube channel, this movie is a turning point. You can only hit rock bottom so many times. You can only dig a hole so deep that you can barely come out of. But I truly do believe, maybe I'm hopeful, maybe I'm naive, maybe I'm optimistic, I don't know. But you can only go up from here. As like the motto goes, you can only go higher, further, And by all means, it's going to have to be faster. That's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you want to, you know, reflect on anything that I've talked about, reflect on the movie, reflect on what's next, anything you want to do, you know what to do. Go to voiceofgarcia.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, and email me directly. Or go to Mike at voiceofgarcia.com. That's my email. Email me directly. And I'll take any questions, comments, or concerns that you may have. By all means, go to this podcast. Like, subscribe, share. 
and go to my YouTube channel. I'm going to be I'm going to try to release a movie at least once every other day because the news just keeps on coming forth and I need to talk about my immediate thoughts on what I think and hopefully I can actually do something whether it's standing or sitting or whatever the case may be but let me cook just let me cook as always guys thank you so much for tuning tune in next time where we will talk more on everything that relates in the world of comic book news games shows movies or whatever the case may be and always remember if you hear about it and you read about it I talk about it controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Till next time. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.